Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. Today uh, we're privileged to have... uh not a guest speaker, but a first-time speaker uh, here at Adventure Church, and Pastor Ryan Flanagan, who leads our Next Generations ministry here, uh, and specifically uh, with our youth, is going to be speaking today. And, and typically, I don't introduce staff members unless it's their first time. And so it's his first time to speak today, and I just wanted to say how much I appreciate him and his wife, Lindsay, their son, Journey, and they got another one on the way that will be here in September. Uh, but they have just been a blessing. They've been here for just about three months now, and Ryan Ryan stepped in and during a time of transition and has just stepped up in such a huge way. Uh, he's very relational, so many of you already know who he is because that's just who he is. He genuinely loves people and loves serving this church and has just been a tremendous blessing to me. And I know uh, this fall, especially as we're kind of revamping our student ministry and launching it, that it's going to be one of the best places for your student to be and for students in our community to be because this guy loves Jesus and he preaches him boldly. And today he's going to bless you with an amazing message message that I already got to hear in first service and that I'm excited to hear again. So church family, can we show some love and appreciation to our next gen pastor, Ryan Flanagan. Hey man, well how y'all feeling this morning at Venture Church? Come on. You excited? I'm excited too. I'm, I'm happy to be here with you this morning. Um, man, I, uh, Where do I begin? Where do I start? I start by saying thank you to Jesus. I wonder if there's a few people in Lewis Center this morning that will say, hey, I'm not where I used to be, God, but thank you that I'm going somewhere, and it's because you come on by his grace. Come on. It's his grace that we are saved by. I'm excited to be here. It's by his grace that I'm even here today. Um, So uh, before we move on, before we get into the series, before we talk about the Hall of Fame, I want to give some honor and some credit this morning to where credit is due. Uh, First off, do you know that you live in a blessed country? Uh, There are some countries where you go there and you can't worship Jesus. Some people have to worship Jesus in secret, but in this great country, we can worship Jesus whatever way that we want to, whenever we want to, and there's places like this Adventure Church. These places don't happen by accident. These places happen because there's leadership, because there's faithfulness, and I just want to take a few moments to show some honor to our pastors, Pastor Kyle and Jess. Come on, you give them some honor, too. They started this thing, and I, come on, you could do better than that, Adventure Church. Let's show them some honor. Appreciate you. Love you. Thank you for your sacrifices. Truly amazing. And uh, another person I want to shout out and honor is my wife. She's fine. I'm her little chocolate drop. She's my vanilla swirl. And when we come together, we make caramel. That's my son, Journey, and my wife, Lindsay. I'm talking about y'all. Don't get it twisted. And then we have... Another son on the way, his name is going to be Paxton, and he uh, is going to be amazing. Uh, Moms, we are taking applications currently. If you want your child to marry ours, um, (laughs) we still believe in arranged marriages here, but 
No, I'm teasing, guys, but I am super excited. I'm pumped to be here. I love this series that we're in. We're talking about the Hall of Fame, uh, not the Hall of Fame of football. We're not talking about Barry and Dion. We're talking about the Hall of Fame people in the Bible. And last week, Pastor Kyle, if you weren't here, he talked about Noah and how Noah was ostracized, scrutinized, and even criticized because he followed God when it wasn't popular. How many know that sometimes it's not popular to follow God? It's not everybody's favorite thing, but Noah had the boldness, had the courageous behavior to still follow God even when it wasn't popular. We touched on Noah. We understand that in order to make a difference, you have to be different. You can't make a difference if you aren't different. You have to do different things if you want to see different results. They say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Noah understood that in order to be a true difference maker, the difference had to start within. And this morning, we're going to continue on that path. But we're not going to talk about Noah. We're going to talk about Abraham. Now, Abraham uh, was, uh, come on, any church people in here? Father Abraham. Come on. And many sons have fallen. Get your, get your pitch right. Come on now. We on the E, you landing on the A flat. We, it's just, okay, that's enough. Right? It just, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, we're going to talk about Abraham today. And Abraham was the distant relative of Noah. If I could say it differently, I would say that Abraham was like the 400th great grandson of Noah. You know, he probably looked on Ancestry.com and was like, hey, babe, did you know we was related to Noah? You know, he got that boat, right? We've been trying to go on a cruise for five months. Let's call him up. But he is the distant relative of Noah. And Today, for a few moments, I want to just take a look at the life of Abraham and see if we were having a conversation with Abraham, what he would say to us, how he would respond, what advice he would give us based on his own walk. But before we do that, can we pray this morning? Jesus, I thank you so much for these few moments that we have. God, 5% of preaching is talent. The other 95 is Holy Spirit. We invite your spirit into this place right now. Have your way, God. Open our hearts, open our minds to receive what you have for us. It's in your son's precious name that we pray these things. Amen. And so if we start to take a look at the life of Abraham, we are going to come smack dab in the middle in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to have it right up here on the screen. It's called the Bible in the sky. If you take a look at it, it says, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country. Your people, your father's household. Come on, God said, you got to get out your parents' house, boy, you're too old. <laughs> get out your father's household to the land, and I will show you the land that I want you to go to. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great. Come on. And I will add a blessing to you. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Now, right there, God got real Tupac, right? He said, check this out. I'm going to ride on your enemies if you got some enemies. I like that. This is what he said to Abraham. And he said, all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So right here, I think what Abraham would say to us, what he would want us to see, what Abraham would try to convey to us, the message that he would say is God calls us from comfort. God calls us from comfort. You got to realize Abraham was comfy. Come on, he lived in the same town for his whole life. He met his girl there. They probably was high school sweethearts. Come on, he lived in his daddy's house, free rent. He had it good. 
And in the midst of his comfort, God called him to a foreign land. And let's be honest, folks. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be called to a foreign land. Can you imagine? You have made your way. You have said, this is where I'm going to stay. This is where I'm going to live. This is what I know. And God said, hey, I need you to move to South America. Come on. Some of us would be like, South. Oh, you mean Southern America? Miami? Oh, yeah, God, I'm on my way. You ain't got to ask twice. No, God asked Abraham. He said, I want you to move to a foreign land. I want you to move to a different country. Nobody really wants that. That's, that's not appealing. That's not amazing. That's not awesome. That's scary. It's risky. I don't want to do that. Come on. We all want the cheer song. Y'all remember the TV show Cheers, right? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows. Don't act like you didn't watch Cheers. You know Cheers. That's what Abraham wanted. He didn't want to leave his comfortability. He wanted to stay home. But in our comfort, I find, we find comfort in the things that we know. We find comfort in the things that are known to us. Yeah, maybe that's not the right relationship for you, but we've always known that person. We've always known that relationship. This is always something that I'm familiar with, so I'm comfortable here. Yeah, maybe, maybe God's calling you to move to a different city. No, nah, uh, God, I, I know everybody here. This is my home. I'm comfortable. I don't want to leave. This is where I want to stay. We find comfort in the things that are always known, but if you truly trust God, You have to take your trust out of the environment that you're in, that the job that you have, the relationships that you have. You have to take your trust out of that and place those things back in God. You have to trust in God. I want you to read this in Proverbs 3, 5 with me. It says, trust in the Lord with 2% of your heart. Trust in the Lord with 80% of your heart. No, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, and in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Basically saying this, I know you think you got it, but you don't. Come on, how many of us got kids in here? They think they know everything. Don't look at them. They think they know everything. They think they got it all figured out. And we, as the parents, we say, no, you don't got it. Trust me. I've been here before. I've got experiences. I know what to do. God says, trust me. Submit your ways to me. I know. I, I know you think you know. But tr- if you just put your trust in me for one moment, I can take your life in a whole different direction, way more than you can imagine, way more than you can ask or think. It doesn't say trust in your situation. It doesn't say trust your job. Doesn't say trust your career, doesn't say trust where you live. Because you can always bank on this that life will always be consistently unpredictable. Consistently unpredictable. It will throw things at you every which way and you won't know what's happening. But God remains the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He will never change. In fact, I'll go further and say this God is the only constant, He's stable, He's secure, He's the only guarantee that we have in this world. You know, I can relate so much to this story with Abraham being called to a foreign land. I'm from northeastern Ohio, right? I'm from a, from a small city called Youngstown. At one point, it was called the murder capital of the United States, simply meaning this, even the grandmas was packing. <laughs> it was off the chain. But I had a good job. I was working at a decent-sized church. We had our home life. We had our friends, we had our family, everything that we have ever known came from this city. And God said, one night, 
I want you to take your family and I want you to move to Columbus, Ohio. I want you to go to a place called Adventure Church and I want you to serve there. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave everything that you know because what I have for you on the other side is going to be way more than you can ask or think. And I'm so thankful to this day. I mean, I've enjoyed my experience here and I am so thankful that I decided to follow what God had told me to do. God is the only constant. He is the only constant in our lives and it is our responsibility to hear him when he calls us. God calls us from our comfort to embrace the unknown. But in the call to embrace the unknown, he also requires change. God's call requires change from you. God's call requires change from you. You can't stay the way that you used to be when God called you. I'll prove it to you. Watch what happens here in Genesis 17. This is more of Abraham's story. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, can I stay there? He was 99. Let me tell you something. When I'm 99, don't call me. I'm busy sleeping or something. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blamelessly. Then I will make a covenant between me and you, and you will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram, but your name will be called Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. First off, you can't be coming in here changing people's names. You know how hard it is to go to the DMV and do all that? I'm not trying to go to the DMV and to the birth certificate place. God then changed this man's name because when God calls you, change is imminent. When God calls you, change is imminent. God not only called him out and told him to walk blameless before him, but he changed his name because God will often issue a challenge that will bring about change. When God brings a challenge to you, that challenge will cause you to change. You will not be the same. You can't be the same way that you were. God will challenge you to step up and to step out all the way. Not just in our homes, but in our identities. He changed his homeland and his, his name. He probably changed his social security number. He changed it all. God wants to change you. That's why he challenges you. God's challenge demands change, but it is always for the better, even when it's hard. Come on, anybody in here like change? Right. Okay, um, none of us like change. We like consistency. I don't want things to change. But even when there is change and it is hard and it is difficult, God is saying, trust me. Because even though you don't have all the answers, it's for the better. I'm telling you, I'm going to take you from faith to faith and from glory to glory. God is not in the business of dividing you. He wants to multiply you. God is not in the business of subtracting you. He wants to add to your life. He is a God of crescendos. He wants to see your life go from better to better. All you have to do is trust him. Give God your trust. God challenges will demand change from you. I want to read you something in Romans 12 and 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Change is always a part of God's call. You need to be transformed by that. Change is always a part of God's call. You need to transform your thoughts. 
You need to transform who you hang with, what music you listen to, what movie. Come on, y'all. Some of us, we still watch the movies that we ain't supposed to watch. I know. I've been there. Been in a movie theater. Like, good Lord, have mercy. Ain't supposed to be up in here. We all, we all got work to do. None of us are perfect. God is not requiring perfection. God is just requiring a change from his challenge. You have to change yourself. Change is always a part of God's challenges in our life, and it takes faith to trust that change is worth it. But you have a choice. How will you respond to the change? Everything that God gives us in the Bible is based on response. You have salvation, but it's no good if you don't respond properly. Everything requires a, a practical response. If I could say it differently, I'd say it like this. Don't send God to voicemail. When he calls, don't send it. Come on, we got some friends up in here that's annoying. You're like, Lord Jesus, I can't talk to them again. They're always crying about something. You know, God is not one of your buddies. When God calls you, it is your responsibility to say, God, where do you, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Who, who do you want me to talk to today? God's challenge will change you, but you have to answer the call. When God calls you from something, it's because he's calling you to something. If God's calling you from something, he's calling you to something. You might have thought that he was taking something out of your life and making your life less, but God does not do that. If he took you out of that relationship, it's because he's moving you to a better one. If he took you out of that job, it's not because he wants you to suffer. It's because he's taking you to a better job. He's taking you to a better place. He wants to see you in your promised land. God wants the best for his kids. What God calls you to, he will always see you through. God won't call you to something and just leave you there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. David said it like this. If I made my bed in hell, he's still there with me. It doesn't matter where you go. You can never escape God's presence. You won't escape his grace. He's still watching you right now. You may think that God had left you stranded, but that is not what a good, good father does. Come on, somebody. You know the song. God is a good, good father, and he's looking out for you, and his best interest is to see that you survive, that you make it. It's in his best interest that you make it. When God calls you from something, it's because he's calling you to something. And lastly, what I believe God is calling us to and what Abraham would want us to know is that as he calls, he's calling us to surrender. Yeah, we don't want to answer the phone because we already know what God wants. Yeah, come on, yeah. you got a friend like that? A family member, you're like, man, they about to ask for money again. I'm broke. Hello? Bill collectors call you like, hello? Uh, what? Hold on. Uh, hang up. You know, we already know what God wants. He wants surrender, and some of us don't want to answer that call. I want you to read this in Genesis 22 and 1, verse 3. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. and He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. Go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him as a burnt offering. Huh? Crazy. What? On a mountain, and I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him his servants and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and he set out for the place that God had told him about. What I love about this 
is that Abraham didn't ask any questions. He didn't negotiate. He didn't grumble. He didn't complain. He just was obedient. I want to know how much better would your life be if you just were obedient? How much better would your life be? Come on, we've all looked back in the past and we're like, I wish I would have done what my parents told me to do. They told me not to do this and I did it anyway. And now look at me here. I'm struggling and I'm suffering for this. If you were just obedient, how much better would your life be? God just asked Abraham to sacrifice his gift. He said, the gift that I gave you, I want it back. A lot of us in here have gifts and talents. God wants them back. He doesn't want to take them from you. He wants to use them through you. Would you give God your gift back? Some of us is like, mm, I waited for a long time for my house. I waited for a long time for this position. Because we've fallen in love with the gift and not the giver. We've fallen in love with all the gifts. Yeah, give me, give me, give me. Yeah, thank you. But we need to shift our eyes from the gifts and fall in love with the giver. The giver has many gifts. He doesn't run out of supply. He is the source. He is the plug. He has everything that you need. Sacrifice, however, is not possible without surrender. Sacrifice is not possible without surrender. The reason why Abraham was able to sacrifice his kid or was going to sacrifice his kid because he was completely surrendered. He said, God, even my kids are yours. Even my kids, yeah, I know I had them, but even my kids belong to you. That's why I think it's important to make sure that your kids are in an environment where they are getting spiritually fed every single week at 7 o'clock at Collide. It's a shameless plug. <laughs> every week you need to get them here. Not because I'm amazing, but because God wants their spirits to be fed. God wants them too. He doesn't just want them when they're adults. He wants them when they're children. That's why it's important to bring them here. It's amazing, though, we are committed people. We, we talk in commitments. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, can you come? Yeah, I'll commit to that. I'll commit to that. And, and, and so pervasive with our generation, especially mine anyway, we are the, the least likely to commit to anything. You're like, hey, man, can you come to this party? I'm going to give you a slow yes. I'm, just let me, let me think about it because that day I might be doing something. It's like, dude, I ain't even told you the date yet. How you busy on a day? I ain't even told you nothing yet. He ain't got no time or nothing. Just busy already. Unbelievable. You know why that is, though? Because commitment is when you're in control. You can negotiate the terms. But commitment is you're in control. Surrender is when you're not in control, when you give it up. When you completely surrender yourself. It's great that you committed your life to Jesus. I know that's tough. That's a tough thing to do. That's, that's very admirable. But what would it look like if people said, I'm going to surrender my life to God? God's not looking for you to negotiate. Well, God, you know, <laughs> I'll think about it. You know, God's not looking for you to think about things. God wants you to say, hey, listen, are you with me or not? Are you surrendered or not? Surrendering in our country, I think all over the world, is when you lift your hands up. When you lift your hands up, that's the universal sign to say, I am surrendered. 
You can surrender to, oh, I give up. Listen, I throw my hands at my, my, at my kid every day. Lord, have mercy, I surrender. I don't know. What do you want? Apple juice? I don't care if it's 12 at night. Just go back to sleep. We surrender. That's what it means. That's why we lift our hands during worship. It's not to be strange. It's not to be weird. It's because we're saying, God, even though I have a lot of crazy stuff going on in my life right now, I'm busy. I am surrendering myself to you in this moment, and I am giving you my all. That's all he requires from you. That's all he requires from you. As the band gets ready to come, we get ready to close. I want to share with you more about my story and how we got here. It was super comfortable. God said, get out of your comfort zone. Change your location. I'm going to change your job title. I'm going to change everything about your life. And honestly, folks, I wasn't sure about the sacrifice. I was losing a lot. I was losing a lot of things that I thought that I needed. Well, I I need this job. I need this insurance. God, I need this house. God, we need this amount of money. God, we need this. And slowly as I began to surrender... I started to realize the only thing that we have ever needed and will ever need is Jesus. There's nothing else that we really need. In fact, if he gave me nothing else, everything that he's already done for me up to this point would be enough for 20 lifetimes. He's richly blessed us. But you have to surrender. You want God to be faithful in your life? I think you have to take a step of faith. You can never truly see God's faithfulness until you take a step of faith. You want to see God show up in your situation? Take a step of faith. You want that doctor's report to change? Take a step of faith. You want your finances to change? Take a step of faith. You want your loved one to get off of heroin? Take a step of faith. There's some things that are going on You want God to be faithful to you? Show him that you can be faithful to him. Will you surrender? Will you surrender? I think if Abraham could sum it all up, if he could tell us exactly what he wanted to, I think he would say it like Paul said it in Hebrews 11, 8 through 9. He says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive his inheritance. He obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He didn't know. That's the beauty of walking with Jesus. We don't know. I don't know everything. I don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. But here's what I do know. I know that whatever happens, it's not happening just to me and I'm not by myself. I got somebody in my corner who defeated death. Come on. He defeated the grave. Come on. He defeated sickness. It said the chastisement of his peace is upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus defeated all things. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he is in your corner.
Come on, it's a rule. One person claps, everybody claps. Jesus is in your corner. You see, we live by faith and not by sight. But we can because we trust in the one who sees it all. We trust in the one who sees it all. We don't know the future. I can't predict what's going to happen, but he knows. I don't know what's going to happen to my son, but he knows. I don't know what's going to happen in my marriage, but he knows. We don't know what's going to happen, but God does. And you have to trust. You have to trust and surrender that God knows what he's going to do for you, that he's got your back. There's an old song that says he's got the whole world in his hands. And if he's got the whole world in his hands, boy, I don't know. I think you can just trust that he's going to take care of you too. He's not going to leave you and he's not going to forsake you. We leave our comfort by responding to Jesus and surrendering our lives because he gave his for ours. He already gave his life for us. I think the best way to respond to that is to surrender to his will. He gave his life for me. Come on, isn't that how relationships work anyway? I gave my life to my wife, and now I surrender to her will every day. That's how these things work. I'm surrendered. So let me ask you a question, folks. Have you surrendered yourself? Maybe God's called you from your comfortability. He's called you from your comfortability. He's saying, I want you to go somewhere that you don't have influence, that you don't know anybody. You don't have all the answers. Maybe God's calling you to surrender. Maybe God's just calling you to change. I don't know what that looks like for you. But whatever it is, I want to challenge you today because I believe that you can't truly have change without a challenge. I want to challenge you today to say, God, I am completely surrendering myself to you 100%. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. If you tell me to jump, I'll say, Lord, let me get my knee brace. Whatever he tells you, get it done. Surrender. I want you to stand with me this morning as we close. We need to leave our comfort. It's the perfect response to Jesus. Leave your comfort. Leave everything behind. Let Jesus guide your steps. The Bible says this, the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. The footsteps. What steps are you taking in your life? I challenge you to step to surrender. I challenge you to answer God's call. I challenge you today. You will see the change that you want if you just surrender. Can we pray? Jesus, I thank you so much for today. God, it's hard to surrender. It's difficult to change. God, it's even more difficult to be led out of our comfort zones. But, but even in our, our comfortability, God, I ask that 
you'll give us the strength and the foresight to say it doesn't matter where I go as long as I go with Jesus I got victory as long as I go with Jesus I'll have peace as long as I go with Jesus I'll have joy as long as I go with Jesus I'll have love there is nothing that you can't do God but you need surrender from us and so we surrender to you God, we give nothing less than that. We thank you for your word today. It's in your son's precious name that we pray these things. Amen.